Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you took the time to listen to this message. It's the final in our series, Church Has Left the Building. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax, enjoy. Hey, we're going to read a passage of scripture to get started this morning. But uh, before we get into it, let's just pray together. Wherever you are, in your homes, backyards, wherever it is, just close your eyes, open your hands. Just, just say this prayer with me. Just say, God, you are welcome here. Luke chapter 12 says this, verse 39. It says, understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You must also be ready all the time for the son of man will come when you least expect it. Peter asked, Lord, is that illustration just for us or for everyone? I want to call our message this morning, This is for you. This is for you. One thing that uh, you need to know about me is that I'm an extremely competitive person. uh, And it's not just with sports. It's with games. It's with board games, heads up, anything like that. Like, I'm competitive. I don't just play games. Like, I'm here to win. You play to win the game. Come off, somebody. And uh, one thing, uh, my competitiveness, uh, my wife, uh, very early in our relationship when we started dating, she found this out. And she found it out when we were playing a game called Taboo. Any Taboo fans out there? Uh, for those who don't know what Taboo is, uh, it's a game where you have a partner and uh, you, have to, you have a word that you need to explain to your partner. And uh, what makes the game difficult is that under the word you have to describe to your partner, there's a whole list of corresponding words that you can't say. Words that are taboo, hence the name of the game. And so uh, that's the game. And so when Christy and I first started dating, uh, we played. It was Christy and myself versus my brother and my sister. Now, what makes the game intense is that there's a timer. And uh, you got like 45 seconds, and then your turn is over. And so as the game starts, you know, we're doing okay. We're getting three, four. But uh, as we're coming close to the end of the game, and uh, it's crunch time, you're about to win. Like, I I start to get more intense because I'm here to win the game. And so uh, as I'm describing these words to Christy, like, I am giving her the best descriptions you can possibly give. Anyone ever been there before? And she just was not getting the words. And so, like, I'm just like, I'm just getting intense. Like, I'm like, you, you have to get this don't you don't see what and so long story short we win of course but as the game ends uh Chrissy said something to me she said I'm never playing taboo with you again I'm like why she's like you're getting angry at me the whole time and I was like I wasn't getting angry I'm just intense I'm just here to win and uh long story short thankfully uh, she went back on that uh, promise, and we are actually the king and queen of taboo now, and uh, we never lose. So, uh, if you want to challenge us, well, to challenge us <laughs> is to lose because we've been together for so long, and uh, we're just really good together. But the reason I love the game of taboo and any games of similar nature is I love games where there's a time crunch. Because what those time crunches do is that they add this level of intensity because you know there's only a certain window, a certain amount of time in which you're able to do something. And what I've realized is that when the time pressure is limited, when there's this there's pressure to create something, you are actually forced to get more creative. You see, pressure caused by the lack of time actually produces creativity. And that's why I love the game. This morning, as we conclude our series, I want to talk about time and I want to talk about pressure. You see, one thing that I've realized for us as people 
is that how we view time will directly correlate to how we live our lives. You see, the reality for so many of us is that when it comes to time, we live our lives as if time is an unending resource. Whether we know it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, most of us live with the expectation that I'll always have more time. I'll have more time. I'll have a better time. I'll do it in time. We're finishing our series, and what we have said in this series for Church Has Left the Building is that we believe that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. It's to step into our calling, to be a follower of Jesus, and to really make a change. What we have said is that church is not a building, church is not an event, church is a people. And if I follow Jesus, I have a purpose and I have a plan. But one thing I believe to be true is one of the things that holds us back, one of the things that stops us from stepping into the purpose that God has for our lives is that for so many of us, we understand, okay, God may have a plan for my life. My life has purpose, but I think there's going to be a better time. Well, I'll just do it at a later time. I'll do it at a different time. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to shift how we view time. I want to preach this morning from Luke chapter 12. If you're new to the Bible, Luke is a book of the Bible found in the New Testament, and it's one of the four Gospels. And all those words, those fancy words, what they let us know is that this is a book in the Bible that is all about the life of Jesus. It's New Testament, and it's the Gospels. That's what that means. It's it's all about the life of Jesus. And where we pick up our story this morning in Luke chapter 12, Jesus is preaching. And this is one of his famous sermons, one of his famous discourses. And what the Bible tells us is that there are literally thousands of people surrounding Jesus as he's speaking. And the Bible says there's no room. And so the people are literally crowding on top of each other just to get a view, just to get a picture of Jesus. Clearly at this time, no one was worried about COVID-19. But Jesus is preaching to this crowd. And before I get into the words I want to read this morning, I'll just give you a little bit of a a backdrop of what Jesus is speaking about. Jesus begins his sermon by speaking about money. And really he's speaking about priority. And, And in this discourse, Jesus, he drops his famous line, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else will be given to you. He then tells this parable of a rich fool. And Jesus says, make sure that your priorities are straight because where your money is, where your heart is, where your money is, your heart will also follow. Where your treasures are, your heart is. And so Jesus, in in this discourse, really what he's talking about is priority. Because we as people tend to get our priorities mixed up. We tend to to focus on possessions over people. We tend to focus on things over relationships, everything over God. And so what Jesus is doing in this famous discourse, he's trying to get us to look at our priorities different. And what we're going to look at specifically this morning is our time. Because mixed up priorities always leads to anxiety. And when we look at time as an unending resource, it can often stop us from stepping into the potential and the purpose that God has for our lives. So that's the backdrop. Luke chapter 12 now, Jesus in verse 35 says this. He says, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you're waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. Now, this is an illustration, and there's characters, and quite simply, the the master represents God. The master represents Jesus. 
And what Jesus is trying to do is he's trying to present a real life reality through this illustration. Now, to, to, to break it down super simple, what Jesus is saying, he's saying, we just need to be ready. You need to be ready when the master comes, when the master calls. Why? You see, the essence of what he's trying to let us know is that God has a purpose for our lives. No matter who you are, you have a purpose. Some of us are like, well, I, 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 do I have purpose? Like, I'm not even sure I believe in Jesus. Every single person that God has created has purpose. But the reason that Jesus says we need to always be ready is because the reality is, although we are created with purpose and potential, each and every one of us has an excuse for why we don't step into the calling that God has for our lives. Whether it's time, it's just not the right circumstance, I'm just not feeling it, it's just not a good season for me. What Jesus is saying is this, and, and I, want to write, I want us to take notes this morning and write these things down because I have specific points. What Jesus is saying, he's saying when it comes to purpose, we need to make purpose my priority. I need to make purpose my priority. You see, this is what I know to be true. When it comes to the purpose that God has for our lives, when it comes to what God wants to do, when it comes to anything in life, we will always make time for what we prioritize. And the reason that so many of us don't step into the calling of our lives that we don't seek after purpose is because we don't make it a priority. But I just believe this to be true. You will always make time for what you prioritize. At the end of the day, if COVID has taught me one thing, it's that time has never been the issue. It's always been priority. Because for a lot of us, we've had more time in this season than we've ever had, but we still haven't had that time to seek purpose, to try to find out who God really is. But we had time for Tiger King. Come on, somebody. It's like, I've never met a college student, a successful college student, that said, I don't have time to study. No, a successful college student will find the time to study because it's a priority. And so listen to this. We've said this all series. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a purpose for your life. Can you understand that? Because I know there are people watching right now, and it's like, Harrison, I'm not even sure I believe in Jesus. I'm just trying to figure this whole thing out. Understand this. God and purpose are intricately, intricately tied together. If God is who he says he is, if God is real, you have purpose. And so your, your life has meaning. Your, your life has a calling. And so what we need to do is we need to say, hey, I want to make that purpose my priority. It's like I told you guys a few weeks ago. One thing I tried to do is create my life vision statement, my life mission statement. And what I said, it's, it's, it's love people, make disciples. I want to love people. I want to lead people. That's my mission. But what that means is if that's my mission, I need to arrange my priorities in a way that I can make that mission my reality. And so this last week, uh, I had the privilege, it was really cool, um, I was able to talk to someone on the phone from the complete opposite end of the world. Long story short, uh, this, this person, and it was in Israel, uh, she listens to the Kingdom Church podcast, and so she's part of our extended Kingdom Church family. And uh, I was able to talk to this uh, person on the phone and, and we were just talking and she was going through some things and I was able to encourage her, tell her about God, all these things. And at the end of the conversation, she said something to me. She said, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I know that you probably have so many things to do. I know that you're probably busy. So thank you for taking the time. 
But I said something to her. I said, hey, hey, no need to, to, to thank me for that because it's actually my honor and it's my privilege to talk to you because my life's purpose is to tell people about Jesus, to tell them about his goodness. And so this is actually my priority. Now you need to understand something. That phone call was not in my schedule. And so I did have to move some things around. I, I did have to, to work on things at a later time that I would have liked to work at in that moment. But at the end of the day, I rearranged my schedule because I wanted to make that purpose my priority. But this is what we need to understand. When it comes to purpose, when it comes to calling, when it comes to pursuing what God has for us, calling, our calling, isn't always convenient. That means life never actually slows down. We saw this with COVID. Things slowed down, but life keeps going. And so what that means is we have to step into purpose. We have to step into things, but you still will work a nine-to-five job. There's a calling on your life, but you still have kids. You still have to raise a family. You still have to take care of your husband. You still have to work. You still have to go to school. And so calling isn't always convenient. Our purpose, what God has for us, will always be out in front of us. But the reality is, it's not always going to be convenient. And in many times, it will actually be an inconvenience to us. That's why we have to make purpose a priority. Because what we prioritize is the thing that we will eventually and inevitably seek after. You guys understand what I'm saying? Now, for those of us who are listening, we're like, I don't know who God is. I don't even know if he's real. Here's the reality. If God is who he says he is, if Jesus has really redeemed you, and I just, I happen to believe all these things are true. I happen to believe hope is found in Jesus. Purpose is found in Jesus. Freedom is found in Jesus. If he is who he says he is, can I encourage you? He has a purpose for your life. But we need to make searching after him, seeking after him a priority. Because the reality for so many of us, maybe you've been around Christian people, maybe you've even been to church, but you've said, you know what, I just, I don't have time to actually pursue this for myself. I don't know if I have time to actually figure out who God says he is. Guess what? If God is who he says he is, I think we owe it to ourselves to at least make it a priority to find out if it's true to find out if God is really who he says he is. I love what Matthew chapter 7 says. It says this in verse 7. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus says, seek and you will find. I love what the psalmist says. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. In other words, what God is saying, he's saying, when you make me a priority, when you actually seek me out, he says, I'm going to show up. He says, seek and you will find me. I, I want to encourage us, any of us who are in this situation, we want to know who God is. I want to discover him more in my life. I, I, I hear you talking about purpose, this whole series, Harrison, but is it really for me? Jesus says, seek and you will find. He says, try me. He says, search for me and I will show up. The reality is for so many of us, we never actually search because it's never been a priority in our lives. 
But I want to encourage us today, let's not wait another day. Let's seek what God has for us. It's like at the end of the day when it comes to Netflix, because I know y'all love Netflix. Someone can recommend something to you their entire lives. I can recommend a show to you until I'm blue in the face. But if you never experience it, you will never be able to form a real opinion on it. And it's the same thing with Jesus. Maybe you've heard about him, but now we want to actually experience him. But at the end of the day, we have to make it a priority to seek after him. I need to make purpose my priority. Some of us like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start when it comes to pursuing Jesus. Guess what? That's why we say fill out a connect card. Super simple. Online, there's a link right here. Kingdom Church slash connect. One of the reasons we do that is because we want to help you on your journey to discovering Jesus. Now understand this. We always say if you fill out a connect card, someone will get in contact with you to help you on your journey with Jesus. Listen to this. If you want to discover Jesus and you're struggling, not someone, I will reach out to you personally because it's my passion that you can see who Jesus is because Jesus changed my life. And I don't follow Jesus because of fancy arguments or empirical evidence. It's because he is who he says he is. It's because his grace has rewrote my story. And so it's my passion to talk about him. Come on, somebody. But listen to this. This is another reason the church exists. We exist to step into our purpose. And part of our purpose, part of your purpose, because there's people watching this and you believe in Jesus in the same way I do. Your job is to be there for those who are trying to discover him. You are to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to help people taste and see that the Lord is good. So if you want to know who he is, I encourage you, man, reach out and we will connect with you. Some of us say, you know what, I, I, I don't want to do it because what if God doesn't show up? I don't want to seek because if he's not true, I just can't. Listen to this. At the very end of the day, and this is for all of us, we do not control the output. We do not control the outcome of life. Things will happen the way they will happen. But one thing that we were always in control of is what we input. I don't control the outcome, but I'm always in control of what I put in. And so when it comes to Jesus, what if we just said, you know what, I can't control everything, but I'm going to do whatever I can so I can at least say I gave it my all. I can at least say I sought, and if he doesn't show up, that's on him. But we need to make it a priority. We need to make it a priority. And so Jesus, in this illustration, he says, be ready. Step into it. Make purpose a priority. And the reason that Jesus is saying this, the reason it's th that there's this passion for that is not, that ju not just that Jesus wants to save and redeem you. Jesus wants you to discover him because when you discover him, your life has new meaning. And I just believe God has a plan and God has a purpose and he will do things in your life that you could never imagine. And so he says, be ready. And in verse 37, he says, the servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. He will come in the middle of night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Now this is an illustration, but Jesus here is actually presenting a radical point. And the more you get to know Jesus, the more you'll understand he was a radical kind of dude. But what Jesus is saying here, and he's using the servant-master relationship as an illustration, but here's what he's saying that is radical, is we as servants. He's saying, as though, although we are servants, he says, when we step into purpose, the master will actually reward us. 
Now this doesn't make any sense. And in the ancient context, it doubly didn't make sense, but it makes no sense across cultures. Because at the end of the day, we don't get rewarded for doing what we were supposed to do. If we're the servant to the master, we're just doing what we're supposed to do. But the beauty of Jesus, the beauty of being a servant for Jesus, is that although we serve him, everything is about him, we're all pointing to him. He says when our lives and our purpose are directed to him, God will actually honor us. God will actually honor and use us. It's like, for, for those of you guys, some people may know this, a few weeks ago, um, a man named Ravi Zacharias passed away. And uh, he's one of my heroes in the faith. And uh, he's a Christian apologist, a defender of the faith. And if you haven't heard his stuff, I'd encourage you to, to look it up. But when he died, when he passed away a few weeks ago, all of these, um, uh, I can't think of the word, uh, tributes, all of these tributes poured out to Ravi just of what he had done, the impact that he had made on their lives. And I myself even gave a tribute because he has touched me personally. And so this is so interesting because his life was dedicated to defending the faith, to, to living for God. Everything he did was for God. But at the end of, the, of his life, he was actually honored. His life actually made a difference. He actually has a purpose. You see, this is what God is saying. Although our purpose is to pursue Him, although our purpose will resolve around Him, revolve around Him, we will actually be honored. God wants to use our lives in a way that our lives actually far outlive us, that our legacy actually far outlives us. That's why Jesus talks about treasures. Because so many of us build a kingdom for here and now and we don't think about what's going to outlive us. What are we going to leave behind? When we honor God, God honors us. That's the beauty of it. The reason I'm passionate about us stepping into our purpose, about you finding out who God is, is because your life will be completely turned around and you will actually be a spring of water. People will actually be actually find rest in you. You can actually give water to the thirsty because God will honor you when we honor him. That's what Jesus is saying. And so he says this. He says, understand this, verse 39. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You must also be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Now for a lot of people, this part of the story they take it towards kind of like Jesus' return again. Like, I need to always be ready for when Jesus comes back. Now, that, that, that kind of makes sense, and, and there's a part of that, but in the fuller context, I don't think that's fully what Jesus is talking about, especially since he hadn't even died the first time here. You see, the reality of this parable, what he's saying, he's saying, I need to always be ready to step into my calling. If I knew when my house was going to be robbed, I would prepare. He's saying, if you knew you had a calling every single day, you would always be ready. This is what he's saying. Write this one down. He's saying purpose doesn't pause. Purpose doesn't pause. When it comes to what God wants to do through us, there is no off season. It does not end. And so the reason he uses this vivid illustration is because he's saying, if you knew every single day, listen to this, if you woke up every single day 
and you knew today was the day God was actually going to use you to change someone's life. If you were available today, he was going to do spectacular things through you. You would live differently. But the reality is that most of us don't live that way. We live like, well, there'll be another time. There'll be a better season. When I'm less busy, when I have more free time. Jesus is saying today is the day. Listen, to all my followers of Jesus watching, there is no day you're not a Christian. Sometimes I wish there was an off season. Come on, somebody. When someone cuts me off, maybe I don't want to be a Christian. When I play hockey sometimes, I don't want to be a follower of Jesus. Y'all know what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, to follow Jesus, to, to have purpose, it does not pause. That means wherever I am, whatever I do, today I can make a difference. If I knew God was going to do something today, how would I live? You see, the reality for most of us, the reason we're not available is because we believe, you know what, I have more time. There'll be a better time. I'm going to be honest, the reason that I preach this message was this last week I was on Facebook and I saw that one of my Facebook friends, it was his birthday. And uh, with this particular friend, we were close when we were younger and uh, we lost contact for a while. Um, but when I finished university and I moved back to Edmonton, uh, I started working out at the YMCA. And uh, when I was at the YMCA, I ran into this particular friend whose birthday it was this last week. And uh, so at the YMCA, this is a number of years ago, we ran into each other. And I was, uh, at this time, I was leading a young adult program. And the purpose of this program was for people that didn't go to church to come and experience Jesus. That's kind of always been my heartbeat for people that don't know God to experience Him. And so he had heard from a mutual friend what we were doing. And so when we ran into each other at the gym after all these years, he said, hey, uh, I heard what you're doing. Um, I actually just got back from rehab. And one of the things in rehab that we did was focus on a higher power. And so I've kind of been doing some church things and I heard what you're doing. And uh, I would love to come to your program. And I said, yeah, man, for sure. Like, I'll let you know. I'll invite you. As so long story short, uh, I decided to switch gyms shortly after this to LA Fitness because it was nicer. Come off somebody. And uh, we lost contact for a little while. But in my head, I was like, you know what? I'll just, whenever the time comes, whenever God opens the door again, then I'll talk to him. I'll give him the invite. What happened shortly after I saw him was that once again, addiction came into his life. And sadly, he passed away. And now his death is extremely tragic and it's tragic for many reasons, far be it from just me. But the way that it affected me was personal in the sense of when he passed away, I felt like, man, I could have made a difference. I could have done something. I could have said something. I would have invited him. I would have lived differently if I knew that time was short. You see, the greatest deception in our lives is to believe that we have an abundance of time. You see, no matter what, the reality is for most of us, we live life with the belief that there will be more time. If I would have known that my time was short with this friend, I would have lived completely different. You see, what God is trying to say to us here this morning, to us in this parable, he's saying time is short. No matter who you are, time is short. Time is the great equalizer. 
No matter who you are, we all have 24 hours in a day. No matter who you are, life is finite, not infinite. It will come to an end at, another, at, at any moment. And so Jesus is asking us, what are you going to do today? And what he's saying in this parable is that if we knew time was short, we would live differently. We would live differently. Jesus says, today step into purpose. Look what happens. Verse 41. Peter said, Lord, is this illustration just for us or for everyone? You see, we as people, we always have this tendency to think, you know what, I don't think this message is really for me. I think this message is for someone else. Listen to this. The reason I told that story is not to make any of us feel guilty and it's not to, to make you believe, hey, you could pass away tomorrow. Yeah, that's not the purpose. The purpose of this story and the purpose and why it spoke to me so much is because I realized time is short. And the fact of the matter is this, it doesn't even have to be someone's death. You have people that you work with, and what if God has placed them in your premise for a purpose, but it's only going to be for a season? What if you have a neighbor, but it's only going to be for a while? And what would it be like if they moved, if they got a new job, and you were never able to share what Jesus did in your life? This is for you. Peter says, are you talking? This is for you. Because no matter who we are, we have something that we need to do today. We need to have an urgency today. Listen, can I speak to my friends? You're trying to figure out who God is. Is Jesus real? Did he really die for me? Has he really redeemed me? Has he really changed everything? Today is the day. And I'm not saying that your time is limited, but what I'm saying is this. I believe that when you find out God is real, he has a purpose for your life. And every day that we wasted, we will look back and say, I wish I stepped into purpose. Listen, this is for you. This is for you. I'm speaking to those of us who need to be the church. God has a calling for our lives. This is for you. You thought there'd be a better time, a more convenient time, a time when I have more free time. This is for you. God says, today, I don't want to waste another day. Listen, one of the reasons that we started Kingdom Church was because of that friend of mine. And it was other stories similar to that. You see, we started this church when I was 25 years old. And, and for a lot of the time, I was like, man, I'm too young. I'm, I'm just, I'm too insecure. I don't know enough. I'm too sinful. All of these excuses. But one of the reasons I felt God pushed me to start this church and to step out, even though it wasn't the best time, even though it wasn't convenient, is because what I realized is that although it may not be the best time for me, I'll probably know more when I'm 35, 45, 55. People need hope today. People need healing today. God wants to change lives today. That's why we exist at Kingdom Church. It's so people can find hope and freedom in Jesus. And it's to find hope and freedom for today. And the reason we did this series, Church Has Left the Building, is because as we go back into the building, our purpose doesn't end. God wants to use us today to make a difference. This is for you. And this is for me.
So listen, right here, right now, as we close, whatever God's speaking to your heart, I want to give us the opportunity to respond. The opportunity to say, God, today, whatever I'm feeling, I want to respond to it. For those of us, we had an inclination, I need to step into purpose more. I need to live out my calling to be the church more. If that's you, let's step into it today. Now, for those of us, you feel that inclination, I need to accept Jesus in my heart. I've heard him knocking. I've heard that small voice. I need to respond today. If that is you today, I want to give you the option to respond. It's super simple. I'm just going to pray a prayer together. We're all going to pray this together. And it's just a prayer to invite God into our lives, to give him our everything. So wherever you are right here, right now, let's pray this together. Everyone's heads are bowed, her eyes are closed. We just say, dear Jesus, I need you. I need you now more than ever. I give you my everything. I give you my wins and I give you my sins. Today, make me a new creation. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's pray together, everyone. Dear Jesus, God, I thank you that you give us purpose. I thank you that our hope is in you. God, I pray for whatever you are calling us to do today, that we do not wait, that we do not wait, that we begin to realize that the pressure of time is actually there to produce something in us. So use that, God. Use us today to make a difference. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. We hope you were encouraged and inspired. If you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We'd love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.